Well, Christmas time is often a time uh, for family, and so it's very fitting, uh, very wonderful that we have this feast day of the Holy Family where we specifically remember the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Now, I don't know about your family, but I would say my family and most families are pretty messy deals, right? You, you have people that you like, maybe you don't like, people that you get along with, people that you don't understand, even though that they're your, they're your siblings. Uh, people don't always do the things that they should. You don't always do the things that you should. And often it's a mess, right? Um, and a lot of the times, you know, especially in this modern era, we want to compare our families to other families which is probably one of the worst things that we can do uh, because we see the best things of other families and the worst things of our families. Um, But we can also do the same thing, unfortunately, with the Holy Family as well. I mean, the Holy Family was pretty great. It's the best family that's ever been. But they were also messy. Not in the same way that we were messy. We're messy. Our families are messy in sin um, and, and struggle in that way. Uh, but their family was messy. Even though that Mary was, you know, immaculate, without sin, Jesus was the Son of God, right? He couldn't sin. And Joseph, well, you know, he was the one odd man out, right? Um, Still had a perfect family. But they still experienced the messiness of this world because sin was all around them. And so right away at the beginning of their family, they have to go on a big trip. And there's no room in the inn, right? They have to go stay out in a stable. That's where they give birth. I mean, talk about a messy situation. Then after that, instead of being able to finally go back home, right, then they've got to flee to a totally different country where they don't know anybody, they don't know the language, they don't know whether they're going to be able to make it or not. Yet, in that messiness, they travel. Then when they find they want to come back, they don't come back the way that they want to, And then have to grow up in that way and being judged constantly in the midst of this. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Holy Family was perfect, right? Mary and Jesus were without sin, so they didn't experience that messiness. But they did experience the hardship and the messiness of human family. And although it's different than perhaps some of the difficulties that we experience, it's also the same. Now, for ourselves, family is so incredibly important. It's so incredibly important because it's actually uh, the seedbed. It's, it's the seedbed and, the, and actually one of the places that can be most fruitful in our life if we embrace it. It's what you kind of call a, a crucible. It's a crucible where it's this challenge that actually allows us to grow in virtue. I don't know about you, but some days it's a lot easier to love <clears throat> other people that I don't know, right? Other people that I've, I've chosen that I like. It's a lot easier to love those people than sometimes my own family, where I've got baggage with. I've got, you know, different problems. They've failed me in different ways. I don't understand this or that. But it's actually in that love of family, in that persevering love, in that forgiveness, in that reconciliation, that actually we experience true love. Love that isn't just superficial or skin deep, but that is persevering. That's the crucible 
of actual virtue, learning, and love. It's also one of the areas where we learn to love God and also be obedient to Him. So the fourth commandment, right, is honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment that actually bestows a blessing if you follow it. And we kind of hear in the readings today kind of a follow-up in some ways of that fourth commandment in kind of different ways of honoring your father and mother. And one of those ways that's incredibly important for us now, the obedience that we have to our parents when we're children is different than when we're adults. But one of the things that we learn is we actually learn to be obedient. If we learn to be obedient to our parents, we also learn obedience to God the Father. Obedience isn't just a, a one easy thing. It's, it's silly to think that we can be obedient to God We don't always understand what he wants us to do, yet we can't be obedient to our parents who we know what they want us to do, right? Go take out the garbage, and we don't do it. And then we think that we're going to listen to God later on when he wants us to do something harder than take out the garbage, right? It's kind of silly to think that. So actually, within our family is the seedbeds of learning love, of learning obedience, learning this persevering relationship, learning this communion that allows us to continue to endure. I love some of these these lines. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself from them. It's a beautiful kind of connection that if we honor our father, it actually preserves us from sins because as we live a virtuous life, our children, or your children, also learn how, to, how, by your example, and keeps you from different things. And then you have to honor your father even if his mind fails, right? Be considerate of him. So even if you think your father's mind is failing, and perhaps there's many people who do, right? Whether true or not, right? Uh, oh, your dad, dad's just out of it, right? Dad doesn't understand it. We'll still be considerate of him, right? Now, we also hear in the second reading, wives, be subordinate to your husbands. Now, this can be a very difficult rhyme, and I think it can be misused many times within Christianity. This isn't a a slave-like mentality. This isn't a father is the head of the household and that the wife is just a slave. No, that's not the subordinate that this is talking about. This is wives, be subordinate to your husband as is proper in the Lord. And as is proper in the Lord is not slave, right? This is not a subordination of lesser dignity in the household. This is a subordination of an ordering. And ordering that's proper in the Lord, okay? And so it's an ordering that allows the family to be ordered Properly, Because when the family gets disordered, there's kind of difficulties that come into it. And we could talk about this in many different ways. And it's definitely difficult and and different in different family situations. But we do recognize that the father is the head of the household. It doesn't mean, again, that he's the sovereign lord of his household. But that a father should be expected to be the leader of the household 
in not the ways of he gets to choose whatever he wants and not, doesn't have to do the chores, but in a way that actually he's the head hold and actually he's serving his entire family, specifically in one of the biggest ways that I think a lot of men let down uh, is in the spiritual headship of the family, right? When a father is the spiritual head of the family, it's amazing the difference. Now, not to say that the wife, the mother, also shouldn't be strongly spiritual. Absolutely. But if the father is letting down his spiritual headship, there's problems. There's disorder that starts to happen. There was a study in the 90s in Europe, so it's, it's not exactly accurate today, so I, I, I mention it with some hesitation. But that study said uh, it, it just looked at whether the, the father or the mother went to um, church every single week. And then it looked at the children and saw what they did. And what it saw is that whether the mother went to church weekly or not was about a 10% difference. If the father went to mass every week or went to church every week or didn't, it was an 80% difference. Not that the mother's role doesn't matter, but the father seems to be this headship, this showing forth of the duty. And I call forth all of the fathers in this church to take up your headship, to sacrifice in that way. And even though if you don't know how to pray or if you feel completely insecure about it, get over it. That's your role, your role to sacrifice and serve your family. To stand up and say that prayer is important, church is important, and I am going to lead the family. And instead of just following, I'm going to lead in the good, virtuous way of life. Now, one of the other big struggles in families in this modern era is that there are so many things to do. So many things to do, right? We feel stretched and pulled and torn in so many different ways. Well, what are we to do? What, what can we do, right? I, I bet you probably experienced it over Christmas. Well, you had this family over there and that family over there, and you were trying to make it over here, but then you also had work, and then you also had this, and then the kids had this, and, then the, and it was like, well, how, how, do we, how do we get all of this, right? Are we just kind of subjected to this tearing, this stress that we just have to deal with in the modern era? Well, yes and no. Certainly, we have to acknowledge that as a family, we can't do everything. A child cannot be in every single extracurricular activity, right? As good as all those things are, they can't be in every single sport, every single opportunity, every single job. We can't do everything, but we can do what's right. And what's right is to order our family, order our life, and order our family properly. Now, what does that allow us to do? Well, it, it, it doesn't allow us to do everything, but it does allow us to have peace. In what kind of way? Well, the difference between ordering your family or not, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, if you have a five-gallon pail, you can, do, you can fit many things into it, right? You have five gallons of space. And one of those things that you can do is you can pour five gallons of water into it. And if it's full with five gallons of water, guess what? You can't put anything else in it.
But if you order it and you say, well, I'm going to put the most important things in first. I'm going to put these big rocks in first. I'm going to put these big rocks in the five-gallon pail. It's full after you put those rocks in, but guess what? You can still fit something else in it. You can then put gravel into it, and it'll fill up the holes, and it'll be full again. But then you say, well, actually, there's a little bit more space, right? <clears throat> I suppose if you didn't put, yeah, gravel, that's more rocks. Then you could put in sand, right? And then the sand fills in those cracks. And you say, well, it's full again. Well, then you could also put in water. And although you can't put in as much water as you did initially, you can still put in the good things of water. I think about that in our family life. What's our first priority? Well, our first priority is the first commandment, right? You shall have no other gods than God alone. When things push and shove, when things are in conflict, does God come first? Or do other things take precedent? Now, not to say that God is always in conflict with everything that you want to do, right? But when things push to shove, come, when things come push to shove, what wins? Is it, is it family that's visiting? Or is it Mass on Sunday? Is it your prayers during the day? Or is it work? Is it making sure that your kids make it to Mass and that they pray? Or that you make sure that they make it to their game on time? Now, not to say that they shouldn't make it to their game on time, that those things aren't important, that it isn't important to visit with family when they come and spend time. But we need to order our life and order our families so that we might properly live in this world. And to properly live is we place God first, right? Because God is God alone. Then we place first our spouse in the family. Because the spouse is the one who the entire family comes from, right? The children are only there because of the spouse. And so actually, one of the disorders that I often see within families is that spouses put their children first before their own spouse. And that's a disorder because the children come from the love of the parents. And so that's incredi- so incredibly important to place that love first. And that love of ordering and loving your spouse is actually loving your children. And then to spend time, intentional time to love your children, love the extended family, then your friends, and then other people. When we disorder our life, we feel disjointed because that's not the way that we're meant to live. God wants us to live full lives, which doesn't mean that we do everything, but does mean that we are capable of doing everything that God wants us to do. And maybe that's ordering your life in a way that allows it to be properly ordered. Today we celebrate the Holy Family and we ask the intercession of Mary, a mother, intercession of St. Joseph to pray for us and to guide us as a father, and also all of this through Jesus, their son, who loved them and was obedient to them and perfectly showed the life that we're called to live. 
And so may we, during this Christmas time, continue to love family, but first, love God.